Welcome to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for Worship in the Word, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our senior pastor, Emily Tadro. Well, Chris's testimony is a lot of what Romans chapter 8 is all about. Couldn't have been more beautiful. Um, We're just going to go through um, verse 17 today. We're in, um, and I'm going to, don't worry, I won't preach an hour on top of that. We're going to go through uh, Romans chapter 8, 1 through 17. I'm going to throw a lot of other scriptures at you. I will tell you the reference, but we're not going to show them on the screen. Just listen. Um, That'll just be for the sake of time. But I love how this chapter starts out, especially in the Passion. It says the case is closed. It's just, there's no disputing it. The case is closed. What's been done has been done. It can't be undone. It can't be redone. It was once and for all. What Jesus did, what he made possible is sealed, and the case is closed. What Chris just experienced is because of this closed case of redemption. And now we get to receive the benefits of the verdict that has been made in the favor of the saints. This is Romans 8, chapter 1. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. I'm reading in the Passion Translation. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you love the New King James, that will, that's what it is. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who have joined themselves in life union. What is life union? It's described in Galatians 5, verse 16, when you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon your cravings for your self-life. That's what it looks like to be united in life union with God. It's when you give yourself, it's when you wake up and you say, I'm engaging in this, this war, just like Chris was saying. I am not going to live with my eyes closed. I'm not going to go through the motions and being swayed to and fro. I am going to be fully yielded and fully surrendered to the life and the power of the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to do it yourself. Holy Spirit will flood you, fill you, and empower you to live that dynamic life. And as you do, those things that have held you bound, they, you'll start to abandon. You're literally going to stop craving those things. Holy Spirit fills you. And where he is, garbage cannot be. So he comes in, it goes out. Whether it's hiccups Did you say don't say it? You knew what I was going to say. I won't say it because my mom said not to. My mom said not to, but it might come out projectile. Um, 
It might come out in a dream. I remember getting delivered. You want to talk about can Christians be demon-possessed? Well, I was. Thank God I'm not anymore. My family's so thankful. I've told you guys this story before. As I really, really gave my life to Jesus, I still had this wrestle with anger. And I just kept surrendering. I'm like, I cannot get rid of this thing on my own. I want to just rage out. And when I say rage out, I'm like, rage out. You know, as a young mom, I turned into the Incredible Hulk in our home. And I directed most of it at Justin. And I needed to be free. And I could not get free by my own good thinking. I could not get free by wishing and willing it away. I couldn't get free even with talking to someone about it. Being accountable. Those are all good things. But I needed the devil to come out. And in my crying out to the Lord and being yielded to him, I went to sleep that night crying out to God. And I woke up because he came to me in a dream. And the lion of the tribe of Judah roared in my ear. And a demon was displaced and came out of my mouth in a blood-curdling scream in the middle of the night. And my husband said, what was that? And I said, I just got set free from a spirit of anger. And we went back to sleep. And you know what? I've never been the same since. Has that old friend, that old demonic thing, tried to flutter about, get back in? Yeah. Heck yeah. And I have to continually stay yielded to the Holy Spirit and say, you do not get to reside in me. Because I'm, I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean we don't ever struggle again. Do not get that impression from anything I say today. But you will be empowered We talked about this, Romans 6. You're dead to sin now. And grace, the person of grace lives in us. It empowers us to live freely from sin. We are dead to it. And we live according to him and his life in us. Okay. And friends, it's not just because we believe in Jesus that there's no condemnation. It's not just a nice little thing that happens when we go, I believe in Jesus. Suddenly there's no condemnation. No, it's not that. It's as you embrace his life and sin is displaced, there's no room for condemnation. There's no room for the voice of the accuser to be in your ear anymore because his life is flowing in and through you. Got it? Yeah. Shame has no staying power. Verse 2, I wish I brought my glasses. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. That's what we just talked about. Paul's reiterating his point here from chapter 7. Nathaniel did a slam dunk. He just did a great job last week of preaching Romans chapter 7. And just that old covenant that has been broken. Oh, thank you. Um, That old covenant has been broken. Because death frees us, like if, if your spouse dies, you're no longer legally bound to them, right? Well, we were bound by covenant to the law. And that death of Jesus, and we were 
We were brought into that same death with him when we receive him. And then we are co-resurrected with him into a new life and into a new covenant. And that old covenant has no more hold on us. It's so, just say hallelujah. We're dead to that old relationship. We're dead to that old bondage. The death and resurrection of Christ canceled our legal connection and duty to that old way. And now we are free to marry again. In the same way, we are now free to enter into a brand new covenant. His life is now ours to experience fully and freely. And he canceled our former bondage and sin and death. And we're free to love and live fully. Such good news. So verse 3 For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I love this verse. It's the gospel. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might know the righteousness of Christ. His sacrifice and victory released victory for us because Christ was able to do what no human could ever do before. This is all stuff we know, but it's so good. Yet Christ paid the full price. This is Galatians 3.13. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law, and he absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. Yet God sent his son in human form, to identify with human weakness, clothed in humility. God's Son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. Now verse 4. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us, and we are free to live, not according to the flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you just want to be free to live? Not bound by your stuff, but free to live. Well, we are. That is available to us. And again, it comes through that yieldedness, that life union. This verse right here is such a joy-filled revelation All that God requires of us has been satisfied by the sacrifice of his son. I know I'm saying stuff that you know, but it's so good to just say it into the atmosphere and repeat it to our spirits. The life of Jesus in us is enough. It has enough power. It's enough to satisfy all that God requires. The power of our new life is not in the works of our weak humanity but it is the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit released in us. So Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. We want to enter into life union with you. God, come and displace. Help us to abandon the cravings of our own self-life, but to come into complete union with you. And would you empower us to live the life that we were created to live.
those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Friends, the things of the Spirit are doing the things that please God, right? So if our motivation is self-seeking, serving ourselves, we're, we're going to get on the wrong track. There's, we've, we talk about it all the time, but there's this lie. Is God really as good as people say he is? Is God really as good as he says he is in his word? He is. But we tend to forget. We tend to forget and go, I got to take care of myself here. I got to, you know, hedge my bets. I got to, I got to work this out myself. And so we become self-seeking and it's a very human thing to do. It's in all of us. But the actual thing that's going to lead you into the freest life and the most fulfilling life is to not be self-seeking, but to be yielded to God and seek first his kingdom. And then all these things will be added to you. These are all things that we know. John 3, 6 says, the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. And this is when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he's saying, how do I become born again? How do I enter into this life? Something's different about you, Jesus. I'm a, like Nicodemus was a very learned religious scholar. He knew the Bible backward and forward. Well, the Torah backward and forward. He could poke a nail through it and tell you every word it hit. But he didn't know how to be connected to God. And he didn't know how to live a life of freedom. How many of us in the room can do that? I can't. I know a lot of scripture, but I, I don't know that like Nicodemus. And yet he didn't know God. A couple weeks ago, Dad mentioned the book, uh, Reese Howell's Intercessor. It's been so long since I've read it. Probably close to 30 years. So I downloaded it and started reading it again. Man, you read this guy's testimony. From the get-go, it says like he was the most Christ-like person. It's, this is someone writing about him. He had the most Christ-like life. The most like pure-hearted, humble life. He loved to be in church. He loved to go to prayer meetings. And he wasn't saved. He didn't know God. He knew that was what he wanted to be about. And he gave himself to that. And he was selfless. I mean, I'm probably six or seven chapters in again. And I'm like, the first five, he, didn't, he wasn't saved. And there's all these amazing accounts of his life. This is Nicodemus. Reese Howells is Nicodemus. And he learned to, what it meant to be born again. And when he did, everything changed. And that was not a man who lived a life according to the flesh. He thought he was living 
selfless before until he gave his life to the Lord. And then he learned what it was really truly to be a yielded man. If you have time to read it, read it. I mean, the stuff that he talks about that God told him to do, and I'm like, that's kind of religious a little bit. Like, it kind of, I was like wanting to argue with him. But it's his life, and it's his journey, so you can't. But in, the, in his own, like what John 3, 6 says here, the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural. He was doing things that were right. He was doing things that were godly in the natural realm. How many of us do that? We do what is right because it's morally um, our standard, our plumb line. It lines up with our ideology, our politics. It's just like, don't cheat on your wife because that's like the basics, right? Don't beat your kids because that's like the basics. That doesn't actually mean that you know God because you choose to do the right thing. Don't cheat on your taxes. Because, I mean, even the ungodly know that these are things that you don't do, right? But when you are born of the Spirit, it gives a gateway into living in the supernatural. Nothing that we are talking about can be done on our own. It all has to be through the birthing through the Holy Spirit and His infilling in us. Okay, verse 6. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. That's what Chris was sharing this morning. You know, like, it wasn't until there was this place of, like, I need to surrender. And... I know that Chris is a believer. I know that he loves God. But there's this place in our lives where we come to full surrender. And we all need to do that. And sometimes we need to do it daily. Probably we always need to do it daily, <laughs> actually. Um, Galatians 5, I'm just going to read this really quickly. Galatians 5, 19 through 25. This is this whole thing of... Um, of the mindset of the flesh versus the mindset being controlled by the Holy Spirit, being completely filled by the Spirit. The, crazy, the cravings of self-life are obvious. You know, we love lists of all the things. And here's a list. Lustful thoughts, sexual immorality, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentments when others are favored. Ooh, that's a, that's one. That seems less, you know, horrible than sexual immorality. Manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinion, being envious of the blessings of others, I feel like I can relate to some of those things, especially being in love with my own opinion. Here we go. Murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties. 
and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for those things will not inherit the kingdom of the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expression, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected to our, with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. And we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. There's just some things when they pop up in our life, we just need to go, that is not the fruit of the Spirit. What spirit am I operating in? What spirit am I operating in right now? The fruits of the Spirit are clear. The fruits of the flesh are clear. One leads to overcoming, empowering, releasing the gospel, and the other leads to death. And like Chris was saying in his family, when am I going to wake up? How much tragedy? How many casualties of war? I love what he said. This is what Paul is saying. Submit, yield to the Holy Spirit. How much just chaos? How much pain? How much death, destruction? We've seen so many people in and out of our community and other communities in the church. There's documentaries about it. It's heartbreaking about people who know God, are anointed, and have yielded themselves to the self-life. And it leads to death, destruction, pain, heartache, people turning away from the Lord. I don't know a single person who has given themselves some sort of permission. And this is, friends, this is not about legalism. This is about freedom. This is all about freedom. But when you give yourself permission, like, it's not, let's not be religious now. Grace is covering it. You're going to start giving excuse and making little things. And what we're talking about here, we're going to get into it in a, just a verse or two down the road here. We're talking about being mature sons and daughters of God. Because Romans 8 is all about being sons and daughters of God. And those who are mature sons and daughters of God reveal the spirit life. They live in the spirit life. And the only way that you can do that is surrender. And allowing Holy Spirit to fill you. Okay, I'm going to try to do this a little faster. So, um, verse 7. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. Verse 8. For so, no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. 
Um, you can't serve two masters. The Bible says that you'll love one and hate the other. At some point, you will be tormented if you try to serve the flesh and the Lord. And it's not, it's not um, condemnation. It's your own soul being divided. James 4.4, this is a hard scripture. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? You know, this is like one of, Romans 8 is one of the most, like, mushy-gushy when we get to that part. It's like, you're going to feel so good at the end of this. But we got to wade through some of the hard things that God is saying. And he's such a good dad. He is dadding us in this portion of scripture. He's just telling us the truth. Like, I want you to be mature sons and daughters of God. I don't want you to be incapable adults living in my basement, playing video games without jobs and living off of mommy and daddy spiritually. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to not only overcome, but be more than conquerors. Okay, so don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? For whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. When we... I just lost which was my thoughts and what is scripture here. So I will stop (laughs) because my thoughts are whatever. But it's pretty clear. Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. I have friends that, um, and this is very culturally culturally relevant, probably many of you in this room even struggle with some of the things that it's like, according to scripture, it seems really harsh. Like, some of the things that God says are no-goes, right? He's like, don't participate in that. And culture today is like, love is love be kind, all of, you know, just, Nathaniel said this last week, when we try to just embrace everyone, and we need to love everyone, and we need to be kind to everyone, and we do need to be open to everyone, and Justin and I met some really interesting people this week, interesting people, and they, they are totally in a lifestyle that opposes the scripture, And we were so kind to them, and we loved them, and we thoroughly enjoyed their presence. But that doesn't mean that we go, just because I know someone that lives this way means it's okay. And I think that's the lie that that is trying to come at not just only our young people, but the church, those that that belong to the Lord. If If you can rationalize it in your mind, it's 
it's got to be okay. If you know someone that's good and it opposes Scripture, then it's hard to reconcile what God says. And so we start making excuses, like, then the Word of God is not relevant for this part of life. And that's just not true. And every single person that I know, and I have many, many friends that have gone this way, who have been leaders in the church, who have grown up loving the Lord, and they come to these points of choosing self-life or loving the world's values and embracing the world's values, and they totally turn their back on the Lord without exception. Without exception. This is not God being mean to us. This is God saying, you will not stay the course if you give yourself over to loving the world. And when I say loving the world, I don't mean the people in it. I mean the mindset. I mean the, the, the pervasive thought. We have to love the people. This is not about people. This is, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, strongholds, this is what Paul is talking about. The principalities, powers, strongholds, pervasive thinking. That is what we are saying, no. I will not embrace that as my lifestyle. I will not embrace that as the rhythm of my heart. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be yielded into life union with God. Okay. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. We have to be joined to the Spirit. Um, Brian Simmons' translator's notes here says, um, it actually could be translated as, make His home in you, not just be joined, but to actually make His home in you. Well, we know that. That's why we say, Jesus, come in and make your home in me. But there's also this whole phrase here. He says this is an unusual Greek clause that could be translated. If anyone is not joined to the spirit of Christ, he cannot be himself. If you are not joined, I just think that is amazing. If you're not joined to the spirit of Christ, you actually can't be who God created you to be fully. And in Luke chapter 15, where he talks about the prodigal son, he uses the same clause in that, when the son came to his senses. Do you hear what I'm saying? When the son came to his senses, he actually came into who he was always created to be because he yielded himself to the Spirit. And he gave himself, and he said, come make your home in me. I'm going back home. I'm going back home. Some of us need to come back home, to home base. When we've been wrestling and struggling, oh, if you have been struggling to overcome addiction, mindsets, all the things that Chris was talking about today, maybe you're angry, come back home. Because you can actually be who you were created to be when you embrace that spirit life.
Verse 10, now, if, now Christ lives his life in you, and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. We talked about this again in Romans 6. Verse 11, yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Yes, Lord, come breathe life into us. So verse 12, so then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. That's so good. If you feel obligated in some way to keep going because of relationships, because of your family, because of maybe your school, maybe your friends, maybe your work environment, you are under no obligation. You are free to live with the mindset and the life union with Christ. And the Spirit wants to just flood you. For when you're... I'm, actually, I'm going to read something here. Well, going back to Galatians 5, 16, it's that same life union. This is how you do it. That same life union. You can go and read Galatians 15, 16 through 18. Verse 14. Oh, wait. I, sorry, I didn't do 13. For when you live controlled by the flesh, flesh, you're about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. Sons and... Oh, I'm sorry. That was the heading. The mature children of God, this is verse 14, are those who are moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit. So this is all about being mature. This isn't just about saying, I believe in Jesus. This isn't just about going to heaven. This is about maturity. This is about being powerful. This is about ruling and reigning and displaying like what we were saying this morning with, you know, like the electric guitar, blowing the roof off the place. That is what your life is meant to do. Lived through Jesus, like lived in unity and life union with Christ. That's what your life will do. And these are the, these are the mature sons and daughters of God. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Come on leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father or Abba Father. This is that encounter that Chris had with the Father walking to him. And it broke off years, a lifetime of unsettledness, a lifetime of feeling never good enough. Anybody in here feel like that sometimes? Maybe all the time? You will not break through that until you experience the spirit of adoption. And you don't have to try and wrestle it out on your own. 
The Father loves you so much. For God so loved the world that he sent his Son, that whosoever believes in him won't just perish, they'll have everlasting life, and they get to experience the fullness of all that Jesus came for, which is to reconnect us to the Father. His whole purpose in coming, yes, it was to abolish sin, but it was, he abolished sin so that we could get back to the Father. This has always been about our dad walking towards us. I love that encounter you had, Chris. Every single one of us need that encounter because it settles everything inside of us. And many of us have had amazing dads and many of us have had either a terrible dad or a completely absent dad. And it messes with your relationship with the Lord. But the Father is not like our earthly father. Our Father God is nothing like our human pictures of Father good, you know, Father good or bad. Scripture says if we being evil, know how to love this good. It could go that direction. I had a great dad. I have a great dad. And I love you, dad. But nobody has ever loved me like Jesus. No one has ever loved me like God. I've never felt more accepted, settled in my own skin completely safe, never manipulated, never used, never measuring up, not measuring up. You guys, we've all felt this since at some point in our life, and the Father wants to come today and just walk into our hearts. I don't know everybody in the room today. I know most of you. We love Jesus. His whole goal is to point us to the Father and to reveal the Father. He's the door that gets us there. And if you struggle this morning with the Father, for whatever reason, do what Chris did. Look for Jesus. Because he will reveal himself through his son. And he will show himself to us. And you will never, listen friends, we never have to go back. This is the thing that Jesus did for us. We never have to go back to not feeling good enough. Ever. Yeah, you've done some stuff. It's gone. It's gone. Nobody gets to hound you with that anymore. If you bring it, to Jesus, put it at his feet. It is buried. It is done for. It is conquered. And the Father wants to reveal himself to you in that. 
oh, this is the best. This section, 15 through 17, is like maybe the best thing we've ever tasted. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Jesus is the door. Can you get me a tissue? Um, Jesus is the door, but the Holy Spirit reveals it. Oh, behind me. I got it. Thanks. Do you hear that? We get to see the Father because of what Jesus did. But Holy Spirit brings the revelation. And he is in you. If you have given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's filled you. He's living his life in you. And he will illuminate to you. This is not something, this is not something you have to try real hard to do. You don't have to work for this. It comes through a yielded life. It comes through a surrendered life. It comes to saying, I'm wide awake. I am living in the spirit realm from this day forward. I just draw a line in the sand. I'm giving myself over to the spirit life. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for the rhythms of the spirit and what the spirit says. And as you do that, he just takes over. And he reveals the Father, and the Father reveals who you are. And since we are his true children, this is verse 17, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. That's where he's saying, like, you got to be willing, just like Jesus came and he yielded himself to the Father, which led him in a life that was completely selfless. It was a life that was not my will, but yours be done. And not everybody liked it, and not everybody understood it, and that's what led him to the cross. And that doesn't mean when we yield our life completely to God that everything's peachy, rosy, cutie, sweetie. But you will have the backbone that you've needed your whole life. You will have the empowerment because grace fills you. And the spirit of adoption, in the same way he says, we are everything that he has, we have. That's exactly what adoption does. You know, adoption can be traced like actual adoption, legal adoption. It can be traced back to the earliest ancient Rome. 
And um, there was a couple of reasons why they did it. They wanted to protect royal lineage. There were some people that, you know, were of wealth or prominence, even royalty, that maybe didn't have a child of their own, especially back then, a male son. So they would adopt, and sometimes families would share children and say, you can adopt, to have something to pass down for inheritance, to keep the family name going. But then there was also this other piece of adoption. And um, it was to protect the vulnerable. It was to protect those children who had been enslaved because of sin. And you know, back in verse 15 where he says, you weren't baptized into a life of religion, another word for religion could be slavery. But you were baptized into being a true child of God. And you've been brought through the spirit of adoption, which is revealed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Legal adoption in the world system actually runs parallel to the kingdom of God. It was to protect inheritance and legacy and to have what people had continue to go generation after generation after generation so that it wouldn't be lost. And it was to protect the vulnerable from slavery. And the actual legal statement is that adopted children have the same rights and privileges as and inheritance as natural-born children. So the spirit of adoption isn't just like this nice, cute thing. It's it is a spiritual, legal transaction that happens when you encounter the Father and he speaks those words of beloved child and he looks into your heart and your soul and you are like that thing of shame, that thing of never being good enough is broken off. There is this Holy Spirit transaction, the spirit of adoption, where you no longer fear. You're not subject to slavery. This is so good. This is actually Jesus declaring, the war is over. It's still raging all around you, but it's won. You can't be pulled back into bondage anymore because you have the same rights and privileges as this natural born child, which is Jesus. Jesus, his access, his power, his friendship with God, his communion, his, his God life was unlimited. We have that same access. Thank you, Jesus. And the family inheritance is protected and it's passed down generation to generation. And we've been entrusted with the family jewels, with the family money, with the family American Express black unlimited whatever card that I will never have in real life. But in the spirit, I do. We get to write the checks. 
out of God's bank account. Because we have access to his bank account. And our name is on the account. We get to be a part of healing. Miracles. The same spirit life. I, I love miracles. I, I want way more than I see. But what I really want more than anything, face to face. Face to face with God. In the beginning was the Word, and they were face to face. The Word was God. Oh. Why don't you stand? I just, I know that the Father wants to release His heart into us this morning. I don't know, Jonah and Hannah, do you guys want to play just some little background music or something? It's, it's 1210. And you might be hungry in the flesh. And your mind might have tuned out about 25 minutes ago. Well, let's call our spirits to attention. Because there's honestly not going to be anything better than you could do with your day today than encounter the Father and the love of the Father. And some of you have been crying out. I know because I talk with you. Some of you have been crying out for the Father to reveal himself to you. This very message is what you have been longing for. It doesn't come through just being a good person. It comes through life union with God. Some of us might need to do some heart work first. Is there something in the way in your heart with the Lord? Like, sorry, Chris, I keep using you, but you testified. So it's such a good testimony. We're your heart is broken and you're like what is happening in my world God I'm mad at you I don't think this is lined up the way you know we've been preaching or I've been thinking it should be and then the Holy Spirit reveals or what did he say to you when are you going to wake up how many more casualties before you wake up that's a heavy word. But it didn't bring shame, did it? No. It brought life. It brought transformation. It brought release. Deliverance. And full acceptance. I can see you're different. You're stamped right here. Full acceptance. Who needs a stamp from the Father this morning? Come on. How many more casualties until we wake up and just fully yield ourselves to the Lord? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your sacrifice. No one has ever loved us like you.
you gave yourself so freely for us, God. And in return, you just say, give me your life. And so, Lord, where we've been resisting you, where I've been resisting you and saying, come in, King of glory. I just pray for revelation in that right now that we can repent and that we can quickly give those things to you and clean out the clutter and make space for you to come and make your home in us so that you can live in us so that we can actually be ourselves what you always created us to be just like the prodigal son we're coming home right now We're coming home. And in this place, we just want to see you, Jesus. Would you come and meet with us? And would you reveal the Father? No man comes to the Father except through me. And Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to see? Thank you, Lord. Open our eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Lord, come. could rush out of this spot, but I just feel like the Father wants to, if we'll lean in, just lean in, ask Holy Spirit to just come. 
and encounter you. See the Father wanting to break off words that have been spoken even by your own earthly father or the words that weren't spoken that you always wanted to hear. Sometimes it's that. But the father wants to come in and actually speak those words to your spirit right now. Some of you have heard words like, you're never going to amount to anything. You've heard words like, I wish you were never born. You've heard words that you ruined my life. (laughs) These are actual words that I'm hearing. And I just see the heart of God the Father and he's just, he's broken. Every time one of those things was said, some of those words came with blows. And I know I'm being like hitting emotional places right now. I just, I feel the grace of the Lord to do it. I'm not trying to stir up any emotion that's not God or not real, but I just, I see some of these words that came with actual fists and blows. And they just crushed your spirit as a child. And the father, he's, he's broken. His heart is broken as he sees that. And that's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus to make the wrong things right, to break the power of sin and destruction, to break generational curses that today have no more power over you. Those words that were spoken, those violent acts that were done, Jesus came to abolish those things. And right now, Holy Spirit, would you come with the voice of the Father and just bring healing to any of those places right now in Jesus' name. And if that's you, you don't have to respond publicly, but just close your eyes and let, don't be afraid to close your eyes because of what you might see. If you see something scary, it's okay. Jesus wants to come in and change that picture. He wants to change that picture. I just see some of you are afraid to close your eyes because of what you might see, but the Holy Spirit is going to help you and he's going to lead you through to actually see the Father. So you don't have to be afraid because he's a good father. He would never harm you. He would never hurt you. His heart is only for love, to empower, to heal, to restore, to bring life, to bring transformation. So Holy Spirit, come, have your way, do your work. Father, speak words of life and truth. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. And not only are you not gonna be a failure, but you are going to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. You are victorious. You were created for purpose and to display the beauty and the wonder of God. You've been gifted uniquely, spectacularly with gifts that came straight from Papa's hand and heart. 
And he's been watching over you all this time to put himself inside of you and to live his life through you. You are a good mom and you are a good father. And I break that lie off right now. And your life is significant. And not only will it do something to bring impact and world change, but it is already doing it. It is already doing it. And every day that you yield yourself to the rhythms of the Holy Spirit, you are shifting atmospheres and you are releasing heaven. You are so fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're not trash. And you're not a waste. But you were bought with a price. You are the one that Jesus saw. You are the joy that was set before him. You're extremely expensive. You're priceless without measure. There's no value that could be placed on you because you are above like appraisal. You're priceless. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the spirit of adoption that comes in and says, you are not subject to slavery or being taken advantage of anymore. You will not be taken advantage of anymore. It stops today. You are not a victim anymore. You are not powerless anymore, but the spirit of the living God has come and he's making a way on your behalf. And you are powerful. He's coming into your world right now. Today it stops no more victimization, no more being used, no more manipulation because the father is putting his foot down and I hear him putting his foot down and it's like a, uh, it's like an earthquake and it puts the enemy on notice and they're just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going there anymore. The enemy's gonna try and tell you this is who you are. But the, the Father, God, is putting his foot down for you right now, today, Avery. The Father's putting his foot down for you, and he's saying, Today it stops. Slavery stops. Abandonment stops. Being used stops. You have the natural rights, privileges, access, same as Jesus, his, his natural born son. And his resources and his world is limitless. There's no limits for you. 
There's no limits to what God wants to do in and through you, and there's no limit to his love for you. There's no limit to his love for you. You get to keep coming in and coming in. He's not too busy for you. He's got all the time in the world for you. All the time in the world for you. You never bug him. You never annoy him. He just looks at you and says, beloved son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. go from here. Just bask in it. (laughs) I'm going to officially dismiss you, but I want to just be really sensitive to what Holy Spirit is doing right now. He's meeting hearts. This is like the best thing (laughs) to experience in God, to know that you are approved. And you never have to go back to the bondage of slavery. You've been rescued from that. Not only rescued, but given, you're not just like a charity case. You were chosen. You were handpicked by the Father. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that we can know you closer than our own skin on our bones, God. That we can know you, that you are our reality. That when we come into your spirit, we can actually, for the first time, be ourselves. We come to our senses and we come home. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just seal everything that you're doing today. Thank you for what you did in Chris. Lord, it just opened something up for all of us. The power of the testimony is do it again, God. And what you're doing this morning, Lord, is going to open something up for everyone we encounter. Do it again, God. Thank you, Lord. Um, A lot of people are praying for each other. If you're not already doing that and there's some ministry team people still here if you want to just come be available if anyone else wants prayer we're going to transition I know we have a missions meeting but Papa you're so good and uh, next week dad is going to be sharing the second half of Romans 8 more good stuff from the father Thanks for listening to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon. If you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter God, experience transformation, and be equipped to advance the kingdom, 
you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give. Together, we can make Jesus famous in Albany, the Northwest, and the nations. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.